Hi gang, thanks for downloading this classic episode of News Fighters. Just a reminder, if you're looking for new original episodes of News Fighters, they're now over on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. So search for Irrational Fear on your podcasting app or go to irrationalfear.com for all new episodes of News Fighters. In the meantime, enjoy this classic News Fighters episode. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Stan's Pants Radio, Australia's most fair and balanced podcast and network. This is News Fighters. We fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. Yes, hello. Welcome to News Fighters for today, Thursday, March the 18th, 2021. News Fighters is a comedic look at the big stories of the week in Australian news, media and political hypocrisy. Presented by me, Wacky Clip TV editor Dylan Bain, best known for being the senior editor on Tonightly with Tom Ballard and repeatedly playing a hobbit on The Chaser. Stick around because this week our main story is going to be on the Western Australian election and the potential federal election implications out of that. And then we're talking to our showbiz correspondent, Stefan Pazur, about the Grammy Awards and the Oscar nominations. It's probably the most diverse, ethnically selected nominees that the Oscars has ever had. Now, first up, we're going to look at the huge Women's March for Justice that happened on Monday. Good evening. A powerful movement is sweeping the country tonight as women rise up, demanding an end to violence, sexism and unsafe workplace culture. The voices of a few became the roar of many today. Thousands of Australians have turned out at rallies across the country calling for an end to sexism and violence against women. Yes, and it was absolutely inspiring scenes right across Australia, highlighted by the brave and formidable speeches from Brittany Higgins and Australian of the Year Grace Tame, demanding accountability and change from our government. So, of course, our Prime Minister Scott Morrison said, well, you marchers should just be thankful you're not getting shot at. It is good and right, Mr Speaker, that so many are able to gather here in this way, whether in our capital or elsewhere, and to do so peacefully to express their concerns and their very genuine and real frustrations. This is a vibrant liberal democracy, Mr Speaker. Not far from here, such marches, even now, are being met with bullets, but not here in this country, Mr Speaker. Hey, here's a fun fact. Uh, Myanmar, which Scott Morrison was referring to there, has actually managed to have a female Prime Minister for two years longer than Australia ever has. 
So there you go. Also, stop playing this fake liberal democracy card, ScoMo. Sure, we might not shoot protesters like in other countries, but the police here will still kettle, intimidate and arrest protesters whenever they like, such as on January 26th this year in Sydney, uh, when a bunch of Invasion Day rally protesters tried to march through the city and were violently stopped by New South Wales police. After tolerating the illegal gathering for hours, finally, officers had had enough. A small group of protesters decided to march through the city. It was against the law and police moved in. Officers unapologetic arresting four in Hyde Park. Now, as you may have heard, Scott Morrison and the Minister for Women, Maurice Payne, didn't go outside to attend the rally. Uh, Rather, instead, they invited the organisers of the march to meet them inside Parliament House, which is literally the alleged crime scene for one of the main victims speaking. Can you be any more horrible, you horrible monsters? So instead, opposition leader Anthony Albanese decided to bring the demands of the protesters to Parliament, reading them out on the floor of the House of Representatives for Scott Morrison to hear, which he did not hear because he promptly walked out without hearing them, which makes you wonder what happened to this Scott Morrison. We honour every survivor in this country. We love you. We hear you. And we honour you. And then, after he'd literally only spoken for one minute, Peter Dutton shut down Albanese's calls for justice entirely. Brittany Higgins also said... The Leader of the House. Mr Speaker, I think uh, Leader of the Opposition's had a fair go. I move that he be no longer here. Yes, a liberal democracy, ladies and gentlemen. So get ready for the liberal slogan at the next election, we hear you. But only if we want to, and it's politically convenient. Okay, and now on to another topic I don't really feel qualified to talk about, vaccines. And it looks like we're falling behind. The Prime Minister says the vaccine rollout is still on track and all Australians should receive their first dose by the end of October. We remain on track for the first doses of uh, all of the vaccines by the end of October. Oh, the first jab by the end of October. But that's not what you were saying a month ago. Our aim is to offer all Australians the opportunity to be vaccinated by October. We aim to have the country vaccinated before the end of October. Yes, October, just in time for winter in the Northern Hemisphere. But anyway, what's the hold-up? A $6 billion program dependent on supply, which the government concedes has been an issue. With $3.1 million million doses (laughs) short of AstraZeneca vaccine from what we thought we would have. Oh, just a little 3 million doses. Don't you hate it when you lose 3 million doses of a critically important vaccine down the back of the couch and then when you're vacuuming, you find it along with like 50 cents and you're like, yes, 50 cents and 3 million coronavirus vaccine doses. Awesome. Oh, and speaking of 3 million doses... Meanwhile, in America... The U.S. vaccination rate starting to take off. Saturday marking an all-time record. 2.98 million Americans receiving shots in arms. Yes, last Saturday, America vaccinated 3 million people in one day. Imagine if Australia could do that. We'd have the whole country vaccinated in like 10 days. And this week, the government launched its vaccine booking website. And isn't it good to see that they learned their lesson from the botched 2016 census website that crashed? But within hours of a booking system going live, it was faced with problems. With the government website crashing... Today, though, it crashed with the demand. Oh, well, doesn't matter. I guess we're just going to have to resign ourselves to the fact that we're not going to be seeing our friends and family overseas until the end of October in the year 2034. 
Okay, now on to the Western Australian election and the possible federal implications. Now, long-term listeners of this show will know I love covering elections. In fact, in 2019, I covered four, and I joked that this show should be called Election Fighters. And this election was no exception. It included some of my favorite things I love seeing on live election night TV coverage, which was failed live crosses and Anthony Green fumbling at his touchscreen. Thank you for joining us. How, yeah, um, how confident James, are you of a win tonight? Oh, Thank look, you. you know, how how confident are you of a win tonight? Um, let me see. The seats... No, wrong. It's the chamber. Seats one is that graphic. This one... I have to let it run through. And then we go the seats one. OK, so if you haven't heard the results... A landslide of historic proportions. Labor wipes out the Liberals in the WA election, leaving them this morning with just two seats. Labor won 59% of the primary vote, taking up to 53 seats in the 59-seat parliament, leaving the Liberals with just two and the Nationals on four. Yes, Mark McGowan and Labor were elected to a historic second term off the back of their huge COVID response which was basically just putting up a hard border to the rest of Australia and the world for most of last year. Um, or what did Sky News call it? And the state's iconic hard border. Yes, the iconic hard border. I mean, tourists love the iconic Sydney Opera House and the iconic Great Barrier Reef. Now they can go visit WA's iconic hard border. I, I hear you can see it from space. Anyways, with an election result like this, the media loved bringing out the bombastic metaphors. Well, look, it was a complete and utter landslide. Somewhere between a landslide and a massacre. This has been a bloodbath. The results are a bloodbath. It was an absolute bloodbath. On the map, Labor's dominance quite literally looked like a bloodbath. Yes, it literally looked like a bloodbath because those reporters are on the vampire beat and have seen bloodbaths. Look, I don't know. And with the WA Liberals down to possibly only two members, it's time to play what vehicle can they fit in? The Liberal Party's lower house members might be able to easily fit in a Toyota Corolla. They can fit uh, people in a, in a mini. At the moment, the Liberal Party caucus can get into a motorbike with a sidecar. Like, this is the Vespa party. There are two of them. They can sit on the back of a Vespa and tr- drive around. The only bright spark, you would have to say, is that they'll be able to cater their next party room meeting with one large pizza and there will be leftovers. Yes, it was such a decimation that Mark McGowan basically did to the Liberals what he also does to homeless people. Mark McGowan has told WA's homeless to step up if they want to be given somewhere to live. The The Premier has launched an extraordinary attack on the organisers of a tent city that's growing in the heart of Fremantle. Mark McGowan says those claiming to be homeless aren't homeless at all. Yes, Mark McGowan's right. If there's one thing that people with houses love to do, it's sleep in a park and pretend to be homeless. Oh, it's our favourite. Now, moving on to the campaign itself, and a lot of people from outside WA have wondered what impact COVID would have on the campaign. Well, the impact as you're about to see, was dramatic. Hundreds of thousands of West Australians had voted before today, leading to concerns that takings at sausage sizzles across the state could be down. And now, please, ladies and gentlemen, a moment's silence for all the sausage sizzles that went unsold in Western Australia due to COVID. Now, in terms of the minor parties, results were down for Pauline Hanson's One Nation. One Nation completely collapsed. Pauline Hanson's One Nation party down 5.7%. This is going to be a story of the election. She didn't campaign. She had candidate issues as well. Ooh, candidate issues, you say. Well, 
you won't be disappointed to learn that the candidate issues for One Nation candidates were very One Nation-esque. In 2012, Mr Barnett made news when he slapped a young Aboriginal boy for misbehaving in a Mandurah McDonald's. A former One Nation candidate has defended slapping his wife with a shoe after he was dumped by his party for racist comments online. And One Nation Kingsley candidate Tina Webber for slurs against African immigrants. I get the feeling that One Nation avoids vetting their candidates because the word vetting sounds too ethnic to them. Okay, and one of the reasons people are pointing to for Labor's big win was that the Liberal opposition changed their leader last November, less than four months out from the poll. WA has a new opposition leader tonight. At just 33, Zach Kirkup becomes the youngest person to lead the Liberals in the state. Okay, so why did the Liberals change their leader so urgently? Well, they may have been trying to jacinter it, throwing the ruling party off with a massive generational change, or as the former Liberal leader Mike Nahan put it... We're desperate. Uh, we're trying to stay alive. In fact, Kirkup said later that he didn't even want the leadership because it was obvious for everyone at the time that this was more of a poison chalice than that wrong holy grail that the bad guy drinks from in the last Indiana Jones movie. Well, the last good one, you know, the last crusade, that one. Mr. Kirkup told me he was struggling with the leadership and felt that he was there under some duress. He said he wants to walk away, but was helping his party out of a tough situation. And that desperation in the tough situation flowed over into their policies, where they tried to out-left-wing the left-wing Labor Party by speaking out against big business and police powers, while also supporting the homeless and green energy. This afternoon, the opposition pledged an extra 100 beds for Fremantle's homeless if it wins the next election. We could all do with a little bit more compassion. The new Liberal leader has accused Mark McGowan of being too close to business. Labor have already said that they want to try and ram through stop and search powers. He's declaring that his party would introduce a net zero emissions target by the year 2030. Green energy. Not even Elon Musk, after a full night out on a bender, could have come up with that policy. Meanwhile, Mark McGowan's policies, apart from shutting down homeless camps, went straight for the populist, like more public holidays and free beer. West Australians could be set to get another public holiday if Mark McGowan is re-elected. But there's no offence to this. A free pint for everyone if Mark McGowan turns up to Rockingham's Swinging Pig pub on Saturday. Why not? I'll go down the Swinging Pig. And, uh, what time? I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know. And with it looking like Labor was definitely going to win two weeks out from polling day, Kirkup decided to speak some truth. Western Australia's opposition leader has made the extraordinary decision to concede he won't win the state election 16 days out from the March poll. The 34-year-old Kirkup conceded defeat, saying he could not win the state election but wanted to win enough seats to hold the government to account. We need a strong Liberal opposition there fighting hard on behalf of all Western Australians to make sure that when Labor make mistakes or go too far, we're there to hold them to account. Which led to Prue McSween on Sky News to say, of course he quit when the going got tough. He's a millennial. I don't know if it's the generation that he represents where, oh, well, if it's all too hard, I just throw in the towel. Sorry, what are you saying, Prue? That millennials are lazy? What are you talking about? Millennials aren't lazy. It's not like millennials would just vote for someone because they say saw them on TikTok. If there was any doubt he was a popular premier, the rock star reception at polling booths today confirmed it. Probably Mark McGowan, you know, because of TikTok and stuff. Or, or, or maybe they are. 
Yes, Mark McGowan showed his dominance of the youth social media platform TikTok by, at last count, uploading a total number of two videos, including this one, thanking supporters. In WA, there's nothing wrong with running in an election and eating a kebab. Thanks for your support, WA. Oh, what a master of the medium. Look out, Charlie D'Amelio. I have no idea who that is. Even to the end, Kirkup defended his move of conceding early, saying that people were never going to believe it if he made pork barrel promises anyway. I didn't have to try and go to bowling clubs and say to them, oh, you know, if you vote Liberal, you'll get a $500,000 know, grant and upgrade in your bowls club. That was, I felt like that was at times disingenuous when we all knew we were going to lose. God, I love Zach's honesty there, but <laughs> wow, that had never worked in New South Wales state politics. I mean, our Liberals take pride in delivering all pork all the time. The Premier has made an extraordinary admission revealing she believes political pork barrelling is okay. <laughs> The term pork barrelling is, is common parlance, and if that's the accusation made on this occasion, I'm happy to accept that commentary. Zach Kirkup also showed emotion on the campaign trail, not something we're used to from a Liberal leader, because let's face it, they're normally heartless robots. Uh, and it also led to this very human admission. The new Liberal leader has vowed to fight the March state election after revealing he's been battling depression. A candidate to be Premier has revealed he was diagnosed with depression. Zach Kirkup says he's not on medication but is battling serious mental health issues. Yes, a very brave admission of vulnerability from Zach Kirkup there, which of course led Labor to reach out and launch attack ads questioning his fitness to lead. The state election campaign has turned nasty with adverts attacking Zach Kirkup. An ad that questions Zach Kirkup's ability to cope. Does Zach have the experience to handle the pressure? So with a campaign based around truth, humanity, realistic promises and saving the planet, how did all this uh, pan out for Zach Kirkup? Zach Kirkup's footnote in history will be that he lost his own seat in an epic defeat. The first leader of a majority party to be ousted in a state election in almost 90 years. The Liberals have lost so many seats they've been stripped of their official party status, meaning they'll lose parliamentary resources. Yes, and that will probably be the last time any Conservatives in Australia try to save the planet. But Kirkup himself did predict this weeks ago, even if he was talking about the border policy at the time. There will be no Liberal Party, there will be no Labor Party in terms of how this state manages COVID-19. No, not the whole clip, just the first bit. There will be no Liberal Party. Yep, there we go. So this brings us to what this COVID-era election, with its massive win for Labor means for federal politics. One school of thought is that it bodes well for the Liberals and Scott Morrison federally as incumbents during COVID. Mark McGowan joining a growing list of leaders to be returned to power during an election held in the middle of the pandemic. Buoying confidence for Scott Morrison for the upcoming federal election, despite the Liberal wipeout in the West. Incumbent political leaders across Australia have seen their popularity rise during COVID-19. And of course, the other school of thought is that Labor winning bodes well for Labor winning. Many people have voted Labor for the first time. It shows they're open to voting Labor and I take great encouragement from it. On these results, if they are transferred into a federal election, the Liberal Party would lose six seats in Western Australia. It only holds government in Australia by a single seat. But what will unnerve Scott Morrison is that Mark McGowan's election win confirms its state leaders that have secured the biggest political gain out of Australia's COVID response. And the other big federal implication is that with McGowan being the most popular Premier in the nation, 
might not be long before he takes a stab at federal politics. But despite being returned for another four years, the Premier says he hasn't given much thought to beyond that period. My commitment is a four years. Um, we'll make a decision uh, after that. For me, the biggest takeaway from this election campaign is that if any party wants to be elected federally, well, they need to get into... TikTok and stuff. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello, welcome back to News Fighters, and it's been an absolutely massive week for Showbiz News with the Grammy Awards and the Oscar nominations announced earlier in the week. So it's time for us to check in with our arts and culture correspondent and the king of Australian media, Stefan Pazur. Stefan, how are you going? I'm doing great, Dylan. How about yourself? Very good. Now, I understand, were you actually at the Grammys in Los Angeles? Is that is that true on Monday night? No, no, I couldn't actually get the uh, isolation hotel booked. Fair enough. So you were there, and you were there in spirit. I was. So I think uh, one of the big things people noticed this year was the Grammys were held outdoors. Did you notice they this? Were. Based on all the planes going over, it sounded like it was either at an airport or just in in the inner west of Sydney. Beyonce made history, won her twenty eighth Grammy, which makes her the most awarded female in history. I'll tell you something. Yeah. Uh, if I was there in person, I would say, well done, Beyonce. Now, girl, where's your fiancé? No, but she's actually married, so that uh, that joke... I don't know if that joke um, quite, quite <laughs> works. Best alternative album went to Fiona Apple. Now, what a surprise. Fiona Apple didn't leave the house to go get the award. I think Fiona Apple has actually been in ISO since like 1999. I don't think she's anyone's managed to convince her to leave the house for anything, uh, let alone a, a fake award show. <laughs> it wouldn't make sense because her, her, her hit song back then was like, uh, what was it called? Trouble? Criminal. No. Yes. 
criminal. So she yeah. made she probably made herself feel guilty and decided to stay home after that. Oh, so you're saying she's I, she's yeah. put herself under house arrest because she thinks she's a criminal? Yeah, yes, for getting some bloke upset back then. So that makes that kind of makes sense. And what about the outfits and costumes? Anything grab you uh, in the in the dress department? Um, one thing that stood out for me as well was one of the uh, singers had like an orange dress and like had an orange mask on them. Oh I'm yes, sure if you saw that. Was this uh, Bill, Billy, be- Billy Eilish? Maybe a lot of matching masks and and co- and costumes, which I don't think we had last year uh, at the Grammys. It's uh, the masks no, are a new no. thing. Not it's quite sure why they thing. did that. Oh, actually, no, I think it's coronavirus. Uh, maybe, maybe, or some new variant of of it. Uh, one thing that got me thinking though is how were they going to eat food? Well, that's the were thing. I saw ev- everyone's tables had but lots of come on. bottles of champagne with the lid still on. I'm like, this would never happen at an Austra- at an Australian awards conference. Like they would figure out they would just be pouring the champagne into the masks and and like sucking on the masks. I think if it was in Australia. I actually believe there was no champagne in there. I reckon the bottles were empty. They were just there for decoration. The sponsorship, probably. One of the funniest moments of the night was when early 2000s, early noughties rock band The Strokes uh, won uh, for Best Rock Album. Uh, and uh, the Zoom didn't work, and they just stood there looking very perplexed. Let's 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 just have a, li- a little listen to that. Let's play a clip of The Strokes winning their Grammy. <laughs> It's cutting out. Who won? <laughs> yeah. Did we win? You guys won. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not even as bad as my podcast. <laughs> Moving on, let's get to the Oscar nominations were announced. Now, uh, d- uh, what's what's your take on the uh, on the Oscar nominations? What did you think of those? It's probably the most diverse, ethnically selected nominees that the Oscars has ever had. It's amazing how the diversity of voices increases when Hollywood doesn't release movies for the year. That's true, that's true. And a lot of people are stuck home. <laughs> yeah, and um, you just get you just get a lot more independent films rather than big Hollywood films. <laughs> what was your last film you saw in the cinemas? Was it any of these? Yes, uh, yes, these so nominees? so I've so with with COVID down to practically zero here. I think we've had one case in two months. Uh, I actually have gone back to the cinemas and I've seen a few of these. It's been fun. I saw um, Minari uh, about a Korean family uh, that moves to America uh, in the 80s. Excellent, excellent movie. Um, I saw Nomadland on the weekend uh, about an unemployed itinerant worker played by Francis McDormand um, traveling around America. Uh, Also excellent. Excellent. I haven't seen Borat 2, Borat Harder yet. I hope to see that soon. Um, Is that in the nominees? It, uh, Borat actually got two nominations, which, you know, that's thank so God. That's so funny. That, that's one more than Norbert, at least. <laughs> that's right. Could you imagine if they actually wins? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the um, the best uh, supporting actress uh, nominee, Maria Bakalova uh, from Borat. Actually, I think anyone who's been in the same room uh, as Rudy Giuliani in an intimate way deserves an award, full stop. So I hope so. I hope she gets it. It's, it's funny. Her name, her, her surname actually sounds like Sharapova. Uh, leading the nominations was the movie Mank, uh, which was a Netflix film. Netflix led the pack of all the studios this year with 35 nominations because, of course, streaming movies were allowed this year. And its movie Mank got 10 of those. Now, if anyone's asking if they should watch Mank, the correct answer is no. You should not watch Mank. I did not enjoy it. It's not very good. Is it because it sounds like Spank? 
No, it's because it's just I just didn't enjoy it. It's uh, basically Netflix gave David Fincher a bunch of money to make whatever movie he wanted, and boy did he! And of course, uh, huge things for best director. Uh, two females were nominated: yes, uh, Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman, and that's a record. And Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Um, she also got nom- nominations for producing, writing, and editing, which I'm very mad about because you need to save some work for us editors. I don't want all every every director editing their own movie. Save some work for us no. editors, right? Yeah, it's funny. I thought one of the films was called The Funnel. It's just me imagining things. The Funnel. Yeah. Okay, what's the funnel about, and why? And what's what? What Oscar is it nominated for? <laughs> uh, for best picture, because they put in, uh, or no, best special effects, because they put in a small tiny camera on top of the funnel, and it goes slowly through the funnel, and then through the tube of the tunnel, and then at the other end, in slow okay. motion. That's the whole movie. The funnel, yeah, suspense. What's going to happen next? Is the camera going to hit the side of the funnel? Is it going to go down the funnel? Don't know. But I hear that due, due to the pandemic, the Oscars uh, is probably going to follow the Grammys and have a very altered telecast. I hear they're going to have people like the Golden, the Golden Globes had award ceremonies on both coasts and cut between them. And I think the Oscars is going to do a similar thing. And I actually heard they're going to, um, for some odd reason, use the Los Angeles Union Station, their main train station, uh, as a location for filming uh, the the Oscars telecast, uh, where I mean, wh- I mean, why a train station? Uh, probably just to get rid of the celebrities after they get their awards. Oh, just so on the train, take them yeah, away. As, yeah, as yeah, as a train that pass. Here's your Oscar. Go away. Just throw it to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. right. Yeah, throw it to them. Try to get a window broken at the same time. Piss off and just yeah, maybe that's great. Or maybe I'll maybe they're so. using it for a cross promotion with like some movie, like Money Train Two. Maybe Wesley Snipes will like come flying off a train and be like Money Train Two. I was just thinking like since there'll be no applause, they could either use an applause track or just like get a choo choo train bell going boop boop. As to when someone as like as a form of applause to when they get the award. All right, mate. Yeah. So thanks for stopping by and talking uh, all the awards show glamour with us, ladies and gentlemen. Where can people find you, Stefan Pazur? Uh someplace maybe online on your YouTube videos. Yes, uh, check out. We've had him do the arts and culture year in review the last two years. Very funny stuff. One of the funniest men in show business. One of the one of the kings of all media in Australia. Stefan Pazur. Thanks, Stefan. Thank you, Dylan. See you soon. Okay, that's News Fighters for today, March the 18th, 2021. To hear new episodes weekly, don't forget to follow us and subscribe on Spotify or your favourite podcasting app or on YouTube. News Fighters is written, presented and produced by me, Dylan Bain, for Sans Pants Radio. A big thank you to my guest, Stefan Pazur for stopping by. To support the show and hear extended ad-free episodes, as well as a monthly bonus episode, subscribe to Sans Pants Plus at sanspantsradio.com slash plus. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook or email us, podcast at newsfighters.com. Thanks for listening. Keep fighting and bye for now. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. That's right. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.